In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. I'd like to welcome you all to our Perseverance Family Conversation, and as always, it's great to be with all of you. So, as always, we'd like to start off our conversation by inviting Mary to be with us. Mary is the Mother of God, Mary is the Mother of the Church, and Mary is the Mother of each and every one of us. Also, when we pray that beautiful prayer at the end of the Rosary, called the Hail Holy Queen, we invoke Mary as our life, our sweetness, and our hope. So let's um, invite Mary to be with us, to pray with us, and to pray for us, that we would grow in our knowledge our love and our willingness to follow Christ who is the way, the truth, and the life. Together. Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And blessed is the fruit of thy Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for our sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Now, my friends, let's invite to be with us our spiritual director. What a great privilege it is to have as our spiritual director the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit has many wonderful titles. Holy Spirit is known as the Paraclete. Holy Spirit is also known as the Gift of Gifts. Holy Spirit is also known as the Sweet Guest of the Soul. Holy Spirit is also known as our consoler and our counselor in the moments of desolation that we all go through. Holy Spirit is also known as the interior master. St. Paul in his letter to the Romans chapter 8, reminds us with these words. He says we really don't know how to pray as we ought. However, the Holy Spirit (coughs) intercedes with ineffable groans so that we can say Abba. Abba, which means Father. So let's come together as a family and pray the classical or traditional prayer to the Holy Spirit. And that is, come Holy Spirit. Fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle within us the fire of your divine love. Send forth your spirit and they shall be created. And thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who did instruct the hearts of your faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit, grant us that by the same Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolation to the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, 
is now and ever shall be. World without end. Amen. Well, Lady Guadalupe, pray for us. St. Joseph, pray for us. St. Michael the Archangel, pray for us. St. Gabriel, pray for us. St. Raphael, pray for us. St. Ignatius of Loyola, pray for us. St. Francis Xavier, pray for us. St. Maria Faustina Kowalska, pray for us. Well, God's angels and saints, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, the Holy Spirit, Amen. So we welcome you all to our Perseverance Family Conversation and how true it is the family that prays together stays together. And a world at prayer is a world at peace. So after praying with you, I will be praying for all of you. You know, pray for all of you in the greatest of all prayers. The greatest of all prayers in the whole world is the holy sacrifice of the Mass. Nothing greater. It is the prayer par excellence. So I'd like to pray first of all that all of us would be open <coughs> to the inspirations of the Holy Spirit. Perhaps this can be our prayer. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come through the heart of Mary. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come through the heart of Mary. My next intention will be I'd like to pray in a special way for all of our families. For the conversion of our families. For the sanctification of our families for the salvation of our families. So for the conversion, the sanctification and the salvation of our families. Nothing really greater of greater importance than the salvation of our souls and the salvation of our family members. As Jesus said very clearly in the Gospel, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul in the process? And of course my final intention will be as is my custom, to pray for those who will be dying sometime today. That they'll be saved. That they would open up their hearts to the infinite mercy of God. Give thanks to the Lord for His good, for His mercy endures Forever. May God have mercy on those who will be dying sometime today.
So my friends, I like to, as is our custom, the first month of the year, we've been trying to give you almost on a daily basis a brief catechetical reflection. We've been going through the creed. Yesterday we spoke about, in the creed, he's the creator of heaven and earth. Then we said, we believe in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord. So I'd like to comment briefly on that. Jesus Christ, our, His only Son, our Lord. One way in which we can grow in our knowledge and love and following of Jesus Christ is to meditate and pray over some of what are called the titles that are given to Christ. These are called the Christological titles. There are many. I'd like to mention, for our enrichment, our ongoing catechesis, our growth in prayer, I'd like to mention I'd like to mention a title that is very dear to my heart. And it's this. Jesus is the Good Shepherd. In the Gospel of John, there are the I Am. The I Am phrases related to Christ. I am the bread of life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. The I am. But also Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. So that's our Christological title that can be of great use for all of us today. You can find this in the Gospel of St. John, chapter 10, where Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. And I lay down my life for the sheep. Not like the hired hand when he sees the wolf coming, he flees for his life. I am the good shepherd. I know that I know my sheep and they know me. And the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. There is a parallel passage for John John chapter 10, the Good Shepherd passage, in perhaps the most famous psalm. That psalm is Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I shall want. He leads me me in the Meadows, 
He gives peace to my soul. Even though I have to walk through dark valleys, I have no fear because you're with me with your rod and your staff. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. I believe that I will be living in the house of the Lord for years to come. So those are two biblical passages that illustrate the title of Jesus Christ who is truly the Good Shepherd. The last reflection, catechetical reflection on the Good Shepherd is the following. Jesus says, I am the Good Shepherd I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Jesus is a good shepherd. But each and every one of you each and every one of you is called also to be a good shepherd. Most of you are mothers and fathers. So being mothers and fathers, God has given you your own flock. Mothers and fathers, so God has given to you your own flock. Your own flock. In that flock you got your sheep. But here's the secret. Here's the secret. For us to be good shepherds to our flock, our sheep, then we have to be good sheep of the good shepherd. That has to be the order. I repeat, we're called to be good shepherds. But for us to be good shepherds of our sheep, first and foremost, we have to be good sheep of the good shepherd. And to pray with fervor and real meaning, that's Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd The Lord is my shepherd. There is nothing I shall want. So my friends, those are the thoughts those are the thoughts that God wants to lay in our hearts today that Jesus is indeed the good shepherd. And we are called to be the sheep of his flock so that we can be good shepherd to the people that God has entrusted to us. All right. Let's move into the riches of the word of God. So we're still in the book of Samuel. And today... Today, we have, we've been following the past couple weeks, the person of David, the shepherd boy who kills Goliath. He takes over for Saul. He wins many battles. He's loved dearly by the people of God. He shows his moral weakness by committing adultery and then murder. 
and calling his senses and saving himself from his son Absalom that was intent upon killing him. So today we arrive, my friends, at the death of King David. We have the, de- the death of King David. And his words that he gives to the person that will be his successor. The successor of King David will be his son Solomon. And David gives advice to Solomon and says, Take courage and be a man. And he insists... First and foremost, that Solomon that Solomon should follow the ways of the Lord, the commands, statutes, ordinances, and decrees that were written by Moses. And as such that you will succeed in whatever you do. So his last words are basically pointing his son to God. Pointing his son to the law that was transmitted through Moses. To be obedient to the commands of God. And then David. David. Dies. And Solomon is seated firmly on the throne of his father King David. My friends, the Word of God is so always so very rich. But why not talk about this this all-important topic we've gone through the death of Saul, the the death of David. What about our own death? Let's talk briefly about that. That's one message that we can uh, most definitely glean from the first reading today. David dies and he goes from this world to the next. From time into eternity. Saint Catherine of Siena one of the few women doctors of the church said that the most important moments in our lives are now and at the hour of our death. So perhaps our our secretaries, (coughs) Sophie or Carmen, or Carmen, could, um, I'd like to, I'd like to just go through how we can how we can be prepared for this all-important moment in our lives. This all-important moment in our lives. And, of course, the 
the way we die will determine for all eternity our eternal destiny. Either we will be saved or we'll be lost. Either we'll go to heaven or hell. I know it's a very serious topic, but it's it's the truth. So, our good secretaries can start to um, write down, might even have as a, as a, as a topic, preparation for a holy and happy death. Of course, this topic is very Ignatian in my program of the exercises. This is a very important Ignatian topic. Very important Ignatian topic. So number one, give you a list of a practical steps we can undertake to arrive <coughs> at the Saint Alphonsus calls it the grace of all graces. The grace of all graces is to die in the state of grace. Number one would be beggars to beg. Saint Augustine says that we are all beggars before God. Beggars. We're all beggars before God. Let us beg. the Lord Jesus Christ for the grace of all graces to die in the state of grace. That's right. Let's beg. Let us beg. Let's beg the Lord For the grace of all graces, the grace of all graces is to die in the state of grace. And we can be begging the Blessed Virgin Mary. Holy Mary. Mother of God. Pray for us sinners. Now and at the hour of our death, amen. Okay, the second suggestion would be the following. And this is what, this is what the saints would do. This is what the saints would do. live live each day of our lives as if it were the last day of our life so live each day Live each day. Live this day today as if it were the last day of our life. That means in concrete. That means in concrete to avoid the biggest roadblock to heaven, which would be trying to avoid, first of all, mortal sin, and then try to avoid venial sin. So, sin, mortal sin and venial sin are the roadblocks. Let's pray for the grace to avoid sin. And the contrary, to grow in our love for God.
And in all honesty, we really don't know. We're living in very precarious times. The Ukraine, the Gaza Strip, the tension between Iran and the United States right now, we really don't know. We're living in very precarious times. So uh, let's move on. So number three would be an attitude of vigilance. An attitude of vigilance. You might even put in parentheses Matthew chapter 25, which you have the foolish and the wise virgins. The foolish virgins did not have oil for their for their lamps or lanterns. And then the bridegroom came and they were found outside knocking at the door, but the door was already locked shut. So we have to be vigilant. Jesus says, stay awake and pray. Because we do not know the day nor the hour. We don't know the day nor the hour that the Lord will call us from this life to the next. Number four would be constantly try to grow in our prayer life. That's right. Constantly try to grow in our prayer life. I'll quote uh, two saints, two great saints related to this topic. Saint Alphonsus Maria Liguori, quoted in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, says, He who prays well will be saved. He who does not pray will be damned. He who prays little places his salvation in jeopardy. Then, St. Augustine puts it this way, in a very poetic fashion. He who prays well, lives well. He who lives well, dies well. He who dies well, all is well. Do you like that? He who prays well, lives well. He who prays well, lives well. He who plays, prays well, dies well. He who dies well, all is well. Let's move on to the fifth. The fifth practical means to prepare ourselves for a holy and happy death would be to grow in grace. Every day to strive to grow more and more in grace. Sanctifying grace. Grace is what makes us pleasing to God. 
I had a bad experience many years ago that I was driving with uh, my mother from New Jersey to Michigan and it seemed as if the car was not functioning well and it stopped and it wasn't that it was not functioning well it was simply that I forgot to fill the gas tank thanks be to God a good Samaritan came and gave us some gas to make it to the gas station So yesterday I noticed that my gas tank was two-thirds full. Ever since that incident, I always like to have my gas tank, even if it's like a half empty, I always like to go to the gas station to make sure my gas tank is full. I like to use that gas tank empty and full related to the state of grace. We want to make sure that we're doing all we possibly can to augment and to strengthen our souls that it would always be in the state of grace. Striving every day to augment, to strengthen, to make growth in the state of sanctifying grace. Number six. Our secretaries are doing very well today. I'm giving you a, a, a long list of practical steps on how we we can all, as we're meditating upon the death of King David, we're trying to meditate upon our own death. Which is going to come eventually. we we got to be prepared because we don't know the day nor the hour. Jesus says it will come like a thief in the night. The sixth would be, this might seem, sound ironic, but it would be, Frequent confession, frequent confession by which we die to sin. That's right. Frequent confession by which we die to sin. The great Saint Augustine has said that every time every time an individual goes into the confessional and comes out, it's a Lazarus experience. Lazarus experience in the sense that confession, we die to sin and we rise to new life. It's like those those cloths are taken off Lazarus and he was given to his sister Martha and Mary. So let's move on. (coughs) Now verse 7 would be we're talking about preparing ourselves to have a holy and happy death is frequent and fervent and faith-filled holy communions. The three F's. The three F's. The frequent, fervent, and faith-filled holy communions. And Sophie might even place in parentheses John chapter 6, the bread of life discourse. It's called the bread of life discourse, John chapter 6. 
So we go to Mass and receive communion with faith and fervor and frequency. We're preparing ourselves for the greatest moment in our lives, the moment that we're going to die. And Sophie has already placed that John chapter 6, where Jesus says, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. (coughs) Whoever eats my body and drinks my blood will have everlasting life. And I will raise him up on the last day. What consoling words of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ when he gave the bread of life discourse in the synagogue of Capernaum. So saying that you become what you eat. So if we nourish ourselves on the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ, we assimilate him into our very being. We become more and more like him. And we can say hopefully with St. Paul at the end of our lives, no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. The prayer of Cardinal, may they look up and see no longer me, but you, Jesus. That when we die, God the Father will say, I recognize my Son, Jesus Christ in you. Welcome home, my son or daughter. All right, Sophie, you're ready for number eight. Sophie's ready for number eight. That is, pray for the grace to receive the last sacraments before we die. We can beg for that grace. We're we are, we are beggars, remember? St. Augustine says we're all beggars before God. <clears throat> so, Sophie, you want to write that down, is pray for the grace to receive worthily the last sacraments. Okay, Carmen's got that in. Okay, both Carmen and Sophie have it. Good. Good to be able to read it twice. And those sacraments would be, before we die, begging for this grace, it's the continual right in which you can receive three sacraments back to back. These sacraments would be, in this order, in the real importance of of the priest and the priesthood. The real importance of the priest and the priesthood. So those three sacraments would be, first, confession. Then after that, the anointing of the sick. Then after that, would be able to receive what's called viaticum, which means food for the journey, and to be our last communion. Viaticum, food for the journey, our last, our last 
communion, our last meal. We can beg for that grace. So Carmen has a confession, the anointing, the sick, and then Holy Communion. That Holy Communion would be called the Viaticum, which would be food for the journey, the journey from this life to the next. So I'm going to give you all together ten. We got two more to go. I like round numbers. <laughs> getting our secretaries to work overtime today. Thanks be to God. So the ninth would be, and of course this is very Ignatian, in my 10-week program, I have a whole week just meditating upon these. The word would be Carmen, it would be spelled that way, okay, viaticum. So viaticum means uh, via, means way, is the food on the way to heaven, our last meal. So number nine would be, write down, Meditate often on the last things. In theology, it's called eschatology, to meditate often upon the last things. And they would be death, Judgment, heaven and hell, death, judgment, heaven and hell. One day we're going to die. Immediately afterward we will be judged. We will either be saved or damned. If we have these serious reflections before our eyes, there's a good chance that this will, this can shake our complacency to move us to take more seriously the salvation of our souls. Take more seriously the salvation of our souls. As Jesus says, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? So, We've arrived at the last, last practical step to help us to arrive at the grace of all graces. The practical step to arrive at the grace of all graces. And of course, the grace of all graces is to die in the state of grace. The grace of all graces to die in the state of grace, my friends. And you're probably going to guess what I'm going to say. As a faithful oblate of the Virgin Mary, it will be to... on a daily basis, to grow in our love and devotion to Mary. That's number 10. And to pray the rosary. 
That's right. To grow in our love and devotion to Mary and to pray the rosary. To pray the rosary. In a very real sense, my friends, by praying the rosary, we are rehearsing and preparing ourselves for a holy and happy death. You might say, what do you mean by that, Father Broom? Well, I mean this. Every time you pray the rosary, you're preparing yourself for death 50 times. That's right, 50 times. (laughs) Excuse me. In this sense, every Hail Mary we say Holy Mary, Mother of God. Pray for our sinners. Now and at the hour of our death, Amen. So we say that prayer 50 times, so we are indeed preparing ourselves for the most important moment in our life, the moment we die, will determine for all eternity our destiny. I hope and I pray that this talk has been very useful. I'm taking it from the first reading, The Death of King David, that we'll all be prepared for that very, very important moment that we all have to pass through going from time to eternity, our own death. So I invite you to share this to your friends. Perhaps even some of your friends that are non-believers, that maybe this will bring them back to God. Whether you're a believer or a non-believer, all of us have to pass through the gates of death. The imitation of Christ says it's not important a long life, but a holy life. And I'll give you my priestly blessing. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you.